With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning. Welcome to You Ought to Know. I'm your host, Nicole Flamer, and I am joining you yet again from the road. <laughs> so I have one of those situations that as parents we have, somebody left something at school and you have to be like 40 minutes away from the house. So <laughs> had to drive and see. It's an important something. It, it was his device, my son's uh, augmentative device, iPod. So he kind of needs it. And plus today is speech therapy. So he really, really needs it because they'll be working with it today. So had to drive out here with this, like, farmland, come give it to them. But it's okay, because it's all in the course of being a parent, being a mom. You know how it is, so. So I'm going to get started. Um, soon, hopefully, I have a, a little drop in the beginning, and I won't have to, like, mention my name. It'll be on there, and I'll have music, and it'll sound really nice. So that's coming soon. Um, I like this new time and date. It's a lot easier for me to do the show because I know at this time I don't don't have to worry about my kids waking up or interrupting, and um, I can speak freely. So I like this new time and date. It's memorable, you know, and it, people can listen during the day if they want to because maybe it's hard to stay up at midnight like it was for me. <laughs> so I think this is going to work. I think we're going to continue with this uh, time at 10 a.m., on Tuesdays, um, I don't foresee any change of the day, so I think this is this is a good spot. So, so um, I'm veering off a little bit from the emotional for um, the eight dimensions of wellness, just because um, well, I'm looking for a couple more resources and ideas to share um, as I discuss each dimension of wellness. So I, I'm going to steer away. I'm going to come back because it's the basis of the show. It's the basis of the program. It's the base, It's kind of the foundation of what um, what I'm doing with you all now. So today I wanted to talk about something because it's October, and uh, for me, October is an interesting time, particularly with my daughter, my oldest daughter, because she. Um, well, she has seasonal affective disorder. That's a sad. Um, and it's, it's kind of mom diagnosed. I, I mean, I, when, it, when the symptoms come up, they used to be a lot worse when she was younger. And I always share this with people because as parents, especially when you have specialty children, a lot of times, especially if, if, particularly if they have low communication, Things happen through the course of a day or a week or a month, and you don't necessarily know what is driving that behavior or that tantrum or 
meltdown or whatever you want to call it. So sometimes there will be a shift or a change in your child's mood and behavior, and you're kind of left with the bag open wondering what now. Um, if your child's on medication, you're like, is it, if you need an increase in medication or decrease, if your child's not on medication, you're looking at maybe the diet and what, what okay, did they eat chocolate? What's going on here? Did they, or what, um, or just thinking, okay, is this a new thing that I have to look forward to? Um, a uh, new thing that we have to deal with, <coughs> excuse me, a new thing that we have to, you know, modify behaviorally? Um, are there problems going on at school? Are there changes at home? You know, uh, are they getting enough sleep? All these questions, you know, as soon as you think you have it figured out, something happens, then you've got to go back to square one. So that's where, um, that's what I'm <laughs> what I wanted to talk about, because I stumbled upon this seasonal affective disorder simply by accident, but it kind of goes to, particularly, my daughter was, I think she was, I want to say she was five or six times, and it kind of goes to knowing your child, because nobody is really going to pick up on these subtle uh, cues or behavior or mood changes, but you, and that means that you have to be aware enough um, and, and well, I mean, it's gonna, if it turns into an all-out, <clears throat> excuse me, negative behavior, you're definitely going to be aware. You're definitely going to be like, okay, something's got to change. You know, all of a sudden my daughter is just straight booty. Or, I mean, when it first started happening with my daughter, like I'll just go back to the beginning of the story, how it starts and how, what happens as a result and what I learned as a result. So five or six, I think we're at kindergarten, first grade, and um, we just transitioned into a new school, and we just transitioned into new teacher, new school, um, new schedule, new program, and transition went great. I mean, as far as transitions go, grade changes, teacher changes, this is probably one of the best. Now, I should say, for those of you who are not familiar with my family, and most probably aren't, if you're listening, my daughter, um, my oldest daughter, she, <laughs> I call her the diva because to me it gives a very uh, nice label to how you can imagine her behavior, autistic or not. So she's a diva because she's she's very feminine. She's very girly, girly. She's like, you know, she's concerned about her appearance, her hair, her nails, um, jewelry. Always been kind of always been like that. But the thing is about her which kind of sets her apart, at least from all, all my other children, is that she's very independent. She knows what she wants. Uh, she knows what she likes. She knows what she doesn't like. And she's not really going to take any BS from anybody. Teachers, aides, mom, dad, other siblings, grandparents, anybody. She's a very good read of character. I, I trust her um, assumptions that she makes about people from the door because nine times out of ten, she's usually right. Um, if she warms up to a person, that person's cool. If, she, if my daughter does not like you, then there's something wrong with you. And not because she's particularly loving. It's just that, that BS barometer that she has where she kind of can see right from people. And as you can imagine, 
particularly if you have a special needs child, you have people coming in and out of your house, in and out of your life all the time. And, I mean, not all these people are there with the best intentions. I'm not, and I, I say that because I would have to say, using my big percentages, 80% of the people who have come into my house to work with my kids have been off people. 80% of the teachers, really great people. There is that 20% though. Which, um, <clears throat> which, you know, you can if you if you never see them again, that would be fine. And so she's a good read out for that twenty percent of people because you don't know everybody takes the first door. They're all you know they just got hired or if they if they really need a job. They're all great, and then it's not until a couple weeks later that you realize this person should not be working for children, let alone start with special needs children. But anyway, she's a diva very independent. She knows her own mind. It is one of her best qualities, I would have to say, because uh, I sometimes say she knows her own mind better than I know my own mind. She's very uh, black and white in her decision process. There are no gray areas with her. And um, uh, it, it, it's kind of cute and refreshing because she stands up for what she believes in. She, and she complains if she feels like she's being mistreated. And she really doesn't let people um, take advantage of her. Even, I mean, like, she's only 14, but these are some skills that are just part of her personality. Um, she's got a very strong personality. So with that background given, going back to the story, so she's five or six, and she's, like I said, she's a diva. So the transition went great. That means that she approved of her new classroom, that she approved of her new teacher's name, and transition went well. So, October, and, you know, I'm thinking everything is going to be fine because it has been for the last four weeks of September, the beginning of school. October comes and get a report of, you know, my daughter's name is Lola. Lola's crumpling paper. Lola's throwing stuff. Lola's, Lola's not, uh, not uh, following directions. Lola's not just a whole litany of things that this Lola is not doing, <laughs> things that we have worked very hard through, on through, you know, behavioral health rehabilitative services, BHRS services, BSCs, behavioral special consultants, CSS, therapeutic support staff, very hard we've worked on some of these behaviors um, to, to transition, redirect, token economy, all these things, and these things were working because these things do work if you use them. So these things were working for Lola, and all of a sudden, they are not working. <laughs> and we're all looking around like, why are they not working? So that was a hard fall and a hard winter because, you know, like I said, with the transition being so good and then having her behavior dramatically increase, over the from October, November, December, January. I mean, we were just trying different things. And at the, at this time, the people in Lola's life, our support staff and our therapists, were very um, focused on on decreasing these behaviors. I mean, she was having angry outbursts. Like I said, things that we had worked on, and they just it, it was just a shock. You know, we did a functional behavior assessment analysis. And you know, we really couldn't figure out what was triggering her behavior. 
she wasn't on medication. <clears throat> At that time, I had her on a gluten-free diet, but that had been constant for the previous month. So nothing changed there unless she was getting something in school. So we we were trying to make sure that school was following diet, that maybe that was contributing. But for you know, for what it seemed like from the report, it seemed like the school was cooperating, so it wasn't a dietary issue. Um, she wasn't sick. She was healthy. She just had checkups at the beginning of the year. She was fine. So it wasn't like she had, was sick, had a cold. Or, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm sorry for that. But um, it wasn't like she was sick or had a cold or anything. So we couldn't figure out what was causing the, the dramatic behavior shift. So I don't know. What what happened? I think it was well. I don't know how I started researching, but I was starting, uh, you know, when there's problems, I start to research, start to figure out what's going on, start talking to other people, and by that time, spring has come. So we're talking about maybe late March. All of a sudden, Bola's behaviors disappear. We're, we hit April. And the previous month of March was like nothing unlike September. I mean, it was she no more outbursts, no more fits, no more crumpling papers, no more throwing things, no more um, not following directions, no more nothing. They just disappeared, just like they appeared. So I, I I was like, okay, what what could cause this? I don't know. I happened to stumble upon some sort of article talking about seasonal affective disorder and individuals with autism. And just click. Everything they kind of describe seems to fit by law. So, so that, like I said, this is something that takes time to observe this because this is not something you're going to find. This, this is not something that you're going to figure out in a month of data collection and observations, and this is something that really took two years to kind of formulate, like I said, my mom diagnosed. So, you know, we kept watching Lola, Lola's doing great. No, no, no clue of where that other Lola went, uh, the one who was, you know, the uh, bizarre Lola, the one that crumbled stuff and gets angry and throws stuff. No, no clue where she went. So she wasn't here nice Lolo at that. So we end the school year with uh games. I mean she basically she's made up for all the all the setbacks and regressions from the previous um well, I guess that's six months, like uh October, November, December, January, February, March, April, or seven months, six months of that. So she made up for the previous six months of regressions because with all those behaviors, I mean it was very hard. You know, she wasn't doing her work because she was crumpling it up and throwing it. Um, so she'd made up for those gains, I mean, for those regressions in April, May, and June. So when we ended the school year in June, you know, she was she was, she was doing great. She met many of her goals. So let's talk about next school year start. Ooh. This happens when you're driving and somebody in front of you just puts on their brakes. Sorry about that. Okay, so this is happening. I mean, this is um, we start the next school year. So the next school school year starts September. Now I, like I said, formulated my hypothesis and I shared this with everybody. And I said, let's start, let's start watching, let's start seeing what happens when we hit October. I made sure everybody knew 
what I thought was affecting Lola in October, just a seasonal affective disorder. So I really had a very good BSD, very data-focused, data-driven BSD, and she was ready to start collecting data as soon as October hit. So start off the school year with a bang, boom. Lola was brought to roll it again. We hit October. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> All of a sudden, behaviors increase, mood decrease, um, just like the year before. And so at that point, that was it. Now, the thing about seasonal affective disorder is it's one of those things where, I mean, you can get diagnosed and in very severe cases. Uh, doctors will tr kind of treat it like depression in a way, and you, you can get there's medications that they use um, for it. But Lola, uh, well, first of all, at this time, Lola's only six or seven years old probably at the time. So um, I wasn't going to put her on any type of medication. But there are things you can do. Um, you can make sure they get as much sunlight as possible. You can make sure that they um, there's light. I think they even sell these lights at Walmart uh, where they facilitate vitamin C. So those things that you can do. And I really wasn't, didn't really want to discuss the specifics. I mean, I just want to give you as parents something to think about other than some of the other things that come up when our kids have behaviors and their, and their moods change. Because whether we realize it or not, our environment, and I'm talking about our physical environment, the sun, the moon, you know, air currents, that's another thing I'll share with you after I finish this one up. You know, these things affect us, and we just keep moving. We don't, I mean, there's so many things. We live such busy lives that we don't really pay attention to um, how nature and, you know, the, the, the creative world actually affects us. I mean, everybody talks about when it's the full moon now. That's it's real. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it in my own house. I mean, the full moon does affect behavior. And, it's just, and it's just, the reason why I would say that, especially when parents see it, maybe more than your typical parents might see it, I mean, more than parents with typical children might see it, is because every we're always looking at behavior. We're always looking at trying to explain why our child is, doing X and not doing Y. So we're almost more in tune with the things that affect our children more so than other people are because we're already looking at it. We're already, in most cases, take data on, you know, why our child is not eating, why our child is not um, talking. What. So when something fluctuates, especially when it fluctuates towards the negative or more challenging, we pick up on it right away, and this was it, this was one thing. Now it's funny, like I have three children on the autism spectrum. Lola's the only one that suffers from it. My son and my daughter, if they do suffer from it, it's on a very, very low, undetectable um, <clears throat> wavelength because I've never noticed such a dramatic um, increase in behaviors from them once October. Now, because I have an older son, so like I said, I was already looking at things anyway. Never noticed it from him. He's not affected. Just Lola. My other daughter, she's not affected. Just Lola. So, you know, this is not a hard and fast rule. This is not something I would label an autistic behavior or an autistic um, 
something that goes along with kids with autism. This is just something that if Lola wasn't autistic, she might still have seasonal affective disorder. Um, so as she's, like I said, she's 14 now. So, we, I mean, the first couple of years uh, where it was really affecting her, and I have to, this is one answer I still don't have, uh, or this is one question I still don't have an answer to. I don't know why at that age, five, six, seven, eight, probably until she was about 10, it affected her so strongly. I'm not sure. I don't have an answer for that because now it's not as noticeable. It's very, I would say it's very mild. We're hitting October right now, and, um, you know, so far her spirits are still high. Her mood has not dipped. She, her behaviors are still, I mean, she's, she's, she's doing very well right now. So it, and even last year, uh, it wasn't that pronounced. It, but for those, like, four or five years where it was, you know, the first thing, we got information, and then we started preparing for it. So we knew that around October to start restructuring her work in a different way to provide for more breaks and to provide for um, more ways for her to earn things uh, positive things, positive reinforcement, because we knew that in, in general, as a mood, she wasn't feeling. You know, I mean, she was in, in a in a in a in a way depressed. So, um, so we tried to to counteract that and counteract how we dealt with her. And and you know, I think the last time that it was an issue, I mean, the the thing once the behaviors started increasing, you know, we were able to nip them in the bud and moving. And that's what awareness of something can do. It doesn't have to be something that becomes a complete challenge and overtakes your life. It can be once you know it's there, once you know it's affecting your child, you can, you can all. So I just, I always share that with people um, or I try to share that with other parents because that we all, like I said, we are particularly in tune to what our kids are doing or what our kids are not doing. And a lot of times people will go to, okay, medication, and I'm not against medication, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, let's go to medication, let's go to this, or let's just pull our hair out and not know what the world to do. And sometimes you just have to step back. I mean, like I said, it, it, it was at that particular time in my life, it was a good I was very observant, and then I also had a good team behind me at, the, at that point that was able to kind of jump in with ideas and help restructure um, using um, ABA therapy, help to restructure uh, Lola's day and Lola's schedule so that she could deal with it. Because, again, it's, you got to, I mean, yes, it's difficult and challenging for us, but let's take it back to the first you know, so Lola's five or six years old, and all of a sudden she just starts feeling blue. You know, she doesn't know either. I mean, she's just reacting and responding to the, you know, the endocrinology in her own body, and she didn't feel like doing her work. I mean, who knows how she felt? She could, we were at a point in her life where she couldn't really fully express her feelings or whether or not she was feeling bad or whether or not she wanted to sleep more. Um, well, she did want to sleep more, but that was the problem. She didn't want to get out of bed, so that was the struggle. But, you know, she must have been feeling pretty bad in order to kind of display these behaviors, in order to get our attention to for us to leave her alone. So 
so it, it 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 can be a struggle. But I say all this to say that sometimes you got to think out of the box. A lot of times you got to think out of the box, and sometimes it's it's very interesting that some of these solutions or answers to questions are really not that far fetched. They're not. I mean, they're easy to solve. You know, they're nice. Those those are the easy ones. Those are the nice ones. I took, I was actually sharing this story recently with my daughter's BSC kind of due to us, um, and I was saying um, that we're getting ready to hit October and we should be on the lookout, you know, possibly Lola's behaviors tend to dip from October to April. It's <laughs> just a long span of time. It's like, you know, it's from October to April. She's, she's down, but the rest of the year, she's rocking, you know. So, um, and she was saying, she was sharing, Oh, her um, Lola goes to horseback riding, and her instructor at horseback riding was saying that whenever there is a cold front, that that she has noticed over her years of experience working with kids, particularly with disabilities, that cold fronts uh, tend to affect behavior as well. I didn't know that. I was like, that's something I'm going to keep track of. Now, I'm sure there's an app for it, app for everything. So, you know, because I've never, I, well, first of all, I honestly don't pay attention to, you know, I know that, like, this week the big talk is the hurricane that's coming. I mean, that's it. These days with hurricanes, uh, outside of that, I don't pay attention to anything meteorological. But that's something I will pay attention to because if it's that dramatic that they, you know, they can predict that they're going to be have behaviors with their students from that, that's amazing. And then, the PSC chimed in about the, the full moon, and I'm well aware of that, too, because I see that in my household, too. Full moon time, everybody does go a little crazy. So that's what I, I just wanted to share with you, because I think it's, uh, well, you know, I've been doing this a while, and sometimes I forget that, sometimes I think about all the things that I've researched over the years, and I think just because I know it and it ruminates in my brain that other people know it too. And really, this show is about putting out that special information, those things for you to think about as parents or people who work with people with individuals or come into contact with people with individuals. Individuals with special needs that you may come in contact with. And these are just some things that I've learned over the years that, you know, maybe I'll put it down in a book one day, maybe somebody else has put it down in the book, but somewhere somebody needs this information because it's October and people's behaviors are zipping and they don't know why, and, you know, this might be the response. So, wow, 10:24 already. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do for next week's topic. Um, I've been playing it by ear, honestly. Um, this happened to be something that I was talking about previous week, and I was like, this would be a good topic for a show. So you can reach me on my Twitter because that is my main communication for you all to know, and that is at A-U-T underscore T-O-K-N-O-W. That's at A-U-T underscore T-O-K-N-O-W. And if you have any suggestions or ideas or something that you want to hear, as a listener, please shout me out. I would love to discuss anything. So um, 
you know, I'm a researcher as well, so if I don't know, I'll look it up. And um, that's kind of that's kind of what I do. That's what I want to share. And I want to hear from other people about their experiences as well. Um, I don't, uh, since I need the time, I can actually take calls, not take, I'm driving, but maybe in the future I can actually take calls and people can talk and we can actually have a formal discussion in the future, which would be really nice. Because one of the other things that I'm working on in my local area is starting a parent support group. Right now, um, in my area, we don't really have a good parent support group. Um, there isn't. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. That was that wasn't proper. I won't say we don't have a good parent support group. Um, I was able about two weeks ago to go to a support group in Philadelphia. For those of you who don't know, I'm in Pennsylvania, and I'm about 15 minutes outside of the city of Philadelphia. So a lot of there's a lot of services, organizations, are, there's a lot of money out 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 there in that way to provide services for special needs families. Um, even though where I live, there's a lot of services, they run a little bit differently. So it's good to go out of town sometimes, or you know, go to the big city and check out what what the city people do. So I went to um, LaSalle University, and they have a great, great, great parent support group there. I don't love, I, I'm joining that group just because, but unfortunately, it is like 50 minutes away, so it, and the fam, most of the people there are, you know, are from the city, and the kids are there, and, you know, it's not the type of support, I mean, Support groups are supposed to kind of be local, where people can support one another. I mean, that's the whole point of it. So when I think of this situation, I want to create something like that in my own community. Because I know I was I was so enthralled with what I saw there, the connection and the, the uh, basically the love, for lack of a better word, that these parents had for one another. Um, just by virtue of being a part of the support group. And I, I, I don't have that in my area. So what we kind of have, we have an online support group. Um, and there's, you know, there's a couple of different things. I mean, there's, there's some different support groups for different aspects, uh, like there's an Asperger support group. But I didn't really want it to be about the label of, I wanted it to be about parents who have kids with special needs, whatever the needs are, because both most of our most of our family needs are the same. You know, we're dealing with the same issues regardless of what the label is of the, the diagnosis of our children. Just being able to come together and then also be able to pick up the phone, text somebody when they needed, or if they needed somebody to come and, and, and sit with them or whatever, that's there. And it's very hard to formulate that through the school district because it's not really allowed to share names Stuff. So, you know, and we see we see such busy lives that we don't really get to um, see people. So, you know, we're all sitting in our own spheres, and and there's so much we can do to support one another. And so that's what I'm trying to create locally. And um, I don't know why I diverged. I don't know why I digressed on that. I was thinking what I wanted to share about the support group. Oh, so that's that's my point. My point is is that this is an instant success. 
So I want to I want to talk to people on the show, and so in the future, I'll give out the number and people can call in and join in the conversation if I have listeners. <laughs> so you know, and then we can have a real dialogue and then share ideas and give support one way. Um, since we can't physically be in the same location and give support that way. So it is 1029. I'm good about time. I started early anyway. So um, thank you for listening to me on You Ought to Know. I'm Nicole. I will be here next Tuesday at 10 o'clock. You can download this episode from Pop Shoe. Um, I'll put the link on the Twitter. Reach me on Twitter at A-U-T underscore C-O K-N-O-W or otherwise known as at underscore to know, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.